Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Now, we're live here at Mio's in Clifton. If we can uh, have a quick shout out, round of applause for Kelly and Rich for making the podcast happen. Give some love to Kelly and Rich. We can also uh, have a round of applause for our support staff that produces the podcast. Colin and Stu, show them a little love. Little, little love. We gotta, we gotta get that up, Cruzy. Yeah, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> now, uh, after tonight's podcast, we will have five more home games and we'll be here at Mio's Live uh, for five more games. We will be here each home game two hours before game time. We'll always have a special guest. So far, we've had Keith Greger, Deontay Vaughn, Zach Tobler, Corey Blunt, Art Long, Donald Little, Yancey Gates, Andre Tate, and Tony Bobbitt. You can listen to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and you can watch it also on YouTube. Now, next week's show will be January 3rd, which is a Thursday, from 5 to 6 p.m., because it's a 7 p.m. tip, our guest will be Bearcat legend, one of the greatest to ever wear the red and black, Roger McClendon. The next segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They now have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to bring in my next guest, this former Bearcat player played from 1990 to 1993 under Bob Huggins. This 6'1 guard is from South Bend, Indiana. And I'm here to tell you, he's one of the most versatile Bearcat players to ever put on the uniform. Let's welcome back in a round of applause for my guy, number 52, A.D. Jackson. All right. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> How you doing, AD? I'm good, I'm good. Can't complain. Yeah, so uh, tell everybody uh, what you're doing now and talk a little bit about your family. Uh, well, I've been in Cincinnati since I, since I finished playing. I never left, um, working at various uh, businesses. Uh, right now, I'm a shipping supervisor at Basco Manufacturing. Uh, been there for four years now. Um, have a wife, two kids. Uh, my son's 24. Uh, he's currently a teacher, gym teacher at Coryville Catholic. Uh, my daughter's presently a soft junior at UC. That's pretty much where I'm at. So wait, you, no, you got to brag about your son a little bit. We'll start with him. Um, his basketball career. Can you can you brag a little bit about that? Well, yeah, a little bit. My son, he played at Roger Bacon, your alma mater. Yeah, RB. So I figured that's why you brought that up. Um, <laughs> he uh, was a three-year starter, uh, thousand-point scorer. Uh, took the team to the Final Four his senior year. Uh, almost did it his junior year. They actually lost to a Bearcat his junior year at Summit. Yep. Um, Kevin, Kevin Johnson. Lost to Kevin Johnson yep. his sophomore, his junior year. Uh, no, his sophomore year. He beat him his junior year, actually. Kevin's senior year. Oh, he, they beat him. That they was played that, him two years in a row. Was that the one in Kettering? Both games were in Kettering. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So um, he graduated uh, in 2014 out of college, and he's doing what he's doing now, and I can't be more proud of him. Good. Brag about your daughter a little bit. My daughter's nice. Um, she actually is not playing ball now. She uh, had a pretty serious injury to her shoulder. Uh, so she's just currently concentrating on her, on her schoolwork. But 
I think if she kept playing, she would have been pretty good. So we need, we need to talk about your, your name. Uh, first of all, can you tell everybody what AD stands for, and then we'll talk about your nickname. AD stands, stands for Alan Dave Jackson. A lot of people call say Alan David, but it's Alan Dave. And I'm, I'm a junior, so that's where they get the AD from. And, and the nickname, which I always call you, is? My nickname is George. George. So how'd you get the nickname George? <laughs> that came um, from, I was on campus one day walking around and there was a, there was a guy going around and uh, a couple people started noticing who I was. And for me to get out of the situation, I told him my name was George. <laughs> I had a teammate who was with me, he brought it back. And once Hugs got it, once Hugs started calling me George, it was, it was a wrap. Over. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. It was George after that. And, and still a lot of your former teammates call you George? It's George. I got text messages right now saying, what's up, George? What you doing? <laughs> that's, good, that's good stuff. <laughs> right, right. So what I'd like to do is I want to go through your career with basketball. And then when we get to the end of the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about Wes Miller, uh, the program currently. Mm -hmm. and, you know, your thoughts on where the program is headed. So, right. you know, let's kind of run through your career. Um, like I said at the intro, you're from South Bend, Indiana, and you played basketball for LaSalle. LaSalle High School under legendary coach Nat Pittman. Uh, had a good three-year career there. Uh, I can't complain. He was a good coach. Um, set me on the right path. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you led the city in scoring your senior year and were named team's best defender. That's correct. I was in high school? In high school. Yeah, I led the city in scoring. I won the best defender, though. You, it says you were named, you were named team's best defender. Yeah, that was JUCO. Um, I, uh, no, that was on the internet. Oh, was it? It, it was on the internet. I, I got it off the internet. You were named team best, best it, defender it, in high school it, and JUCO. It was a long time ago. So. <laughs> So, but, but, but AD, here's what happens. You're not supposed to forget your accomplishments. You're supposed to make up stuff as you, it gets, as you get older, you right, know, so, like my dad does. Yeah, you're right. So I was best defender. Um, <laughs> averaged four steals, about eight rebounds. Yeah, so. Now, now, now tell the Bearcat fans, you were, you know, obviously you were a guard here for the Bearcats, but in high school, you played a little power forward? In high school, I played the four. Our point guard was five foot two. Two guard was five, two and a half. Jeez. Our three was maybe five, eight. I was six, one, and our center was six, four. That's a small team. Small but I, team. I mean, let me guess, you guys pressed a lot? Pressed the whole game. You have to. The only way we was in any game. We still, we had a, actually had a good team. We uh, finished maybe third in the conference, I think. Um, but. We could never get out of our section. It was just, just because of size. Yeah. yeah but I still got mine. <laughs> <laughs> How many did you average in uh, high school? Uh, 25. Wow. Yeah, 25. So, so, okay, wait. So you being 6'1 and playing, you know, the four, how did you score the ball? Uh, mainly um, my athletic ability. Um, I was always quicker. If the guy was taller, I was always faster if he was or bigger if he was smaller, quicker if he was faster. So just playing off his weaknesses. So as you, obviously, you talk about you having a, a great high school career. Um, and most guys, as they're finishing up their high school career, they're starting to get recruited. Mm -hmm. Okay, so talk about that process and how you ended up at JUCO. Uh, well, a lot of high school, I really, really wasn't that recruited mainly because I was a 6'1 power forward. <laughs> right. So um, there was one school actually that recruited me out of high school, which is Butler. But and I went on a visit there and didn't really like it. So in order for me to play Division One, which was my goal, I would have to go to JUCO and work on guard skills. And so that's what I did. So talk a little bit about the JUCO that you went to. Uh, I went to down in uh, Ren Lake Junior College. Um, 
located in Isla, Illinois, Southern Illinois. Uh, it's in a very small town. Population was like 300 some people. Um, How far were you from home? Six and a half hours. Okay. And so, how, how was your JUCO career? So, it wasn't really that bad. My JUCO career is good. Um, um, just learning the, the guard position. I really wasn't a point guard there. Um, I was still playing two and three there, but I still wanted to go to Division One school. Uh, and actually, school started noticing my, my skills there. Um, I actually worked on my jump shot more in JUCO, along with my guard skills. And, um, I had, I had a pretty good year. Um, Hugs came and saw me play maybe twice. Um, and Coach Harrison was there maybe every game, almost every game after that. Was, was Coach Harrison the lead uh, recruiter on you? Um, no. He, yes, Harrison was the lead recruiter on me. And, um, but uh, I talked to Hugs, Huggins just as much as I talked to Harrison back at that time. Um, I think Hugs at that time was more involved in recruiting than he is now. Yeah, because so, now a lot of the head coaches yeah, yeah, put the recruiting back, on assistants. Maybe say something to him every once in a while, but back then he was uh, he was hungrier, uh, wanted it, needed it more. So um, he's more involved in that aspect of of his uh, of the recruiting. So so what what got you to UC? What was it that Huggins, Coach Harrison said that made you want to play for the Bearcats? Um, well, they never promised me anything, but the fact that if I came and worked hard, um, there's definitely opportunity here for me. And um, I like the city on my visit. I like the school on my visit. Um, it seemed to be uh, the most diverse school out of the, out of the schools I've visited. Um, uh -huh. I visit Wisconsin, Missouri, and was going to take a visit to Kansas State, but after I came to Cincinnati, I was still in Cincinnati, so I didn't even take that visit. So, had you been to Cincinnati prior to, and had you watched any Bearcat games? Did you know anything about the Bearcats? I knew nothing about the Bearcats. Um, I knew nothing about the city of Cincinnati. Um, I knew WKRP in Cincinnati, that's all I knew. <laughs> right. um, I didn't even know Oscar Robertson played for Cincinnati until I got here. I just knew he was a great player. Sure. Never put it that he played at UC. So, um, so you get here, and I, I want to start talking about your, your college career here with the Bearcats. So your first season's 1990 uh, to 1991. How was it, AD, adjusting to Division I college basketball and a demanding coach like Bob Huggins coming from high school, high school in JUCO? Uh, for me, it was hard. Um, those first practices, I was calling home. The, first, the very first time we had a weight training session, I think I threw up twice. I was calling home, telling moms, I don't, I don't think this, 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 is, this is for me. Uh, she just told me, stick it out. And um, it worked out for me. So I always ask this question right. to everybody that played for Bob Huggins. During your time, how many times did you want to quit? Uh, mainly, like I said in the beginning, but once I got into it and um, I knew what to expect, I mean, I was good. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie, man. That first couple weeks, I was about out of here. <laughs> I was calling home trying to get out of here. What, what, what was so, okay, what was so tough about it when you started? Was it, was it a combination of mental and physical, or was it more physical or more mental? It was, the beginning is more physical, because um, my main thing was the, a lot of the players were stronger than I was. Mm -hmm. Like I said, before I came here, I was 6'1", 170, 168 maybe. So other than me being quick and able to jump, I was weak. So um, it was more physical. You know, you had guys here like Lavertis Robertson, who's a specimen. For sure. Lou Banks, who's 
Big guy. 250, yep. Yep. you know, Keith Stark. So it wasn't like I was coming into a small team. These guys were big, strong seniors who had been here and been through it. So when I first was going up against those guys, that was another deterrent for me. How much did you calling. weigh? How much did you weigh when you got here? 170 maybe. 170, okay. 168. And what'd you yeah. leave? 185. Okay. About that right now. So. Oh, you stayed. Okay. I told you. I told you. I'm keeping my bedroom body. <laughs> so, um, making that adjustment, playing Division One, playing for Hugs, obviously is is tough for almost every athlete. Um, can you talk about some of the guys your first year that you played with? Played on for you see? Yes. I know you meant you uh, mentioned Lavertis. Lavertis. Lou Banks, uh, Keith Starks, um, Terrence Gibson. He was my, he's mainly my mentor, my big brother. He showed me everything, showed me the ropes. He is one of the guys that actually helped me stay because, you know, he told me to stick with it, to get better, to get easier, just give it some time, you know. So, um, yeah, pretty much some, some good players, some, some UC legends. You played with uh, Bearcat Hall of Famer and legend Herb Jones, um, who recently passed away. And before we started the podcast, AD, we were talking a little bit about Herb's monstrous dunk versus Louisville. And you were the one that threw the pass, the right. crispy bounce pass Yes, for, for Herb. Well, actually, I always don't bring it up, but actually me and Herb were in the same re- our, we are in the same recruiting class. Okay. It was actually me, Herb Jones, Curtis Bosick, who played eight years here, and um, Mike Reckonecker. Yep, Big Rock. So, yeah, Herb, me and Herb go way back. I mean, I miss that guy to death. He's pretty much the reason UC is where it is right now. I mean, he, he probably doesn't get enough credit for it, mainly because of his personality. Real laid back, never craved attention. But yeah, he's 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 missing. Yeah. Get emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's tough, definitely tough losing Herb and and such a good person, you know, on and off the court. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, Ad, I tell you, man, I'm, I, I'm very fortunate that I ran into Herb at an AAU basketball event. And I asked him to do the podcast, and um, not when we were doing the live ones here, but the one by phone. And um, right. I did a podcast with him, and we actually did two because they were so good. Because you know Herb's not a big talker, but once I got him going, right. I mean, he went on and on. We had to make it two parts, man. I, I just his wife ended up sending me a message mm-hmm. and asking me to like send that to her because she wanted to save that and always have that. Right. And there were stories in there she's never heard. I bet. I bet. And uh, Herb's, Herb's a true warrior. He's going to be missed. Yeah, for sure. No, special, special, special guy. Uh, so your first year, I think it's around the fourth game of the season, you became the starting guard. What, what happened at that point? Like, What thrusted you into the starting guard position and whose spot did you take? Um, at the time, it was Orlando Williams. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people remember him, but Orlando Williams was was the point guard here. And um, it happened in the uh, Kentucky game when Kentucky came to UC. And, mo- and most, and I'm sorry, a lot of people don't know that Kentucky came to, came to the UC. shoe right. and, and played us. Who with, was the coach? Patino was the coach. Patino. Right. So, so, uh, so talk about that game a little bit. Well, um, it was actually a good game. Um, I think we lost on a last second tip in. Henson tipped it in. Uh, I think Jamal Mashburn was a freshman was at the time. He was already a killer. I think he was already hurting us. Um, they had a good squad. Uh, Farmer was there. Um, but but as the game went, I guess, um, and I, I wasn't really the second guard that came in. I think Terrence Gibson came in before I did. Once I came in, I just—I was a spark. Had a good game, and um, I think at that point, um, Hugs figured I could play the point because he was more leaning to me playing the two guard. 
but after that game, he, he liked what I did, and he, he made me the point. Well, th there's one thing about you, and I talked about this at the intro. That's your versatility. Uh, one thing about, well, several things about you, your ability to score, defend, rebound the shit out of the ball. You did all, the, you did yes. all those things. And, and you, you think about college basketball, there are not a lot of guys who do all of those things really, really well. And you did. Yeah, especially from the guard position. I mean, I think nowadays players specialize on what they do. Absolutely. I mean, it's the Steph Curry's. The yep. Steph Curry shooters. Um, if you're a defender, you're going to be a defender. If you're a scorer, you're going to be a scorer. Yep. Pat Beverly, he's I a think, defender. Right. Yep. But I think our era, the players, you wanted to be more diversified. Sure. So you can, the main thing was the more you can do, the, the more opportunities you had on the court. Yep. So you try to be as better, as good as everything you could to, to, to play. So that's pretty much what I did. To get on the court, I did whatever it took. So that that you, you were saying that Kentucky game, because you the things you did, that pushed Hugs to put you in the starting lineup. I, I think it gave him confidence to at least try me. And he liked it. And we went on from there. Even though I think as the season went on, I feel like when he would go to the three-guard offense, he'd have Terrence at the point put me to the two and have maybe Lou at the three. I think I still felt better at the two and I played better at the two, but if playing the point was going to get me on the court, I'll play the point. And what, what a lot of people, for, for those that don't remember, at that time, the conference you guys were in was the? Metro. And the Metro was an extremely tough conference. It was. There were a lot of Really good players. Uh, Memphis had Elliot Perry. Elliot Perry, what, yeah. Bimbo Coles. Bimbo Coles, BT. Yeah. Tulane had, um, forget the guy at Tulane. He had a big guy. Um, I mean, those schools, when they broke off, went to big conferences. Yeah. I mean, ACC, SEC. So it wasn't like they were going to mid major conferences. So the talent level was still very high in the Metro. Did you, and, and I, I don't remember this, but when you played those guys, Elliot Perry, uh, Bimbo Coles, a lot of those really, really good guards, was that your assignment to guard those guys? Oh, definitely. I mean, and I look forward to it. Um, the hardest guy I guarded in my career is Penny Hardaway. Oh, man. Talk about that. But, um, and what I mean, made him so tough to guard? What made him so tough was his versatility. The fact that he's 6'8", running a point, um, can shoot it. You really didn't know how to play him because he, he, was, he can pass it too. So you had to always be on your alert for everything. But um, I only really guarded him when he played the point. So when they went small, it was probably Eric Martin. Um, I don't know if Corey ever switched off on him. But when he when I guarded him, my main thing was I knew I couldn't stop him, was to be the best way to funnel him to help. And that's what I did, which was which helped us. Sure. I mean he averaged twenty-five. He may had fifteen on us. He, I think the last game we played him, he had maybe twenty-eight in the championship game and tournament. But other than that, we always kept him below his, his, his average. And, and that's one thing with a, with a Bob Huggins coach team, and, you, you know, I'm sure you agree with this, and that is anytime we, you guys, any team during the Hugs era would play against a team with a great player, he always made it a point that the other team's best player is not yeah. going to beat us. He's not going to beat you. Um, and especially in with our teams, the teams I played on, the way we pressed. If your big man was your best player, it was a wrap because <laughs> yeah. he wasn't getting half past half court to give it to him in the first place. No so question. Those games were the easy ones. It's when the guard was probably the best player where we had to do more work. But other than that, it was a big man, it's over. So, so you would say Penny Hardaway was the toughest player that you faced in your college career? Yeah, Penny Hardaway. Uh, Elliot Perry, he was just so so quick. Um, 
Oh, look who just walked it was, in. It was, oh, I'm not letting you walk by. No, 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 no. We <laughs> just walked in. Everybody, can we have a round of applause for another great Bearcat guard, Terrence Gibson. Hey, T-Rat, we were, we were just talking about you. Oh, he, he's back. T-Rat, we were just talking about you. He said that you were his mentor. the truth. Yeah, it was bad then. It was bad. <laughs> um, Took me down the wrong path many times. Absolutely. So, uh, so you said Elliot Perry was another tough Elliot guy. Perry, um, I don't know if you remember the guys from um, Southern Miss. Was it Witherspoon? Witherspoon. Yeah, Witherspoon. Hands of vice grips. He, he was like a Barkley type. He was yeah. a Barkley type. He played about 10, 12 years in the league. He was tough. Um, he was tough. Man, so many. Oh, there were there, and that's I always talk about the Metro Conference back then, going to those games when you guys played. Just how many? Like, I would go to the game, love watching my Bearcats, but we were always going against someone that was yeah. elite. Yeah. And Elliot Perry was so fun to watch because he had the goggles, the high, high socks. socks. He looked goofy, right? But, but he, he was good. Got buckets so quick. You know, crossed me up a couple times. <laughs> I can't lie. What can you but, do? You know, I was still there. Yeah, no, still for sure. There. So let's let's jump into your second year, and I want to ask you this question. I know for me, going from my first year to my second year, I felt so much more confident my second year. Right. I started to get over that hump. Of course, there was still adversity, but that second year, I started to really lock into knowing my role. How was the transition from your first year to your second year? Um, Starting off, it was good. Um, we had to introduce um, maybe six new players. You know, Corey, yep. Eric, Nick. Buf? Buford. Well, Emar Buford was there the year before. He Who's just, that? Buford was there the year before. He just couldn't play. Okay. Oh, yeah, because um, he transferred he from transferred Akron, right? From Akron. Yeah, right. And you had, um, like you said, Eric Martin. So yep. it, was, it was almost half a, half, half a team that came in my junior year. So Good group of pretty guys. Much, you know, just getting everybody up to speed on the offense, getting everybody up to speed on what to expect from hugs, and go from there. And, and I've always heard, uh, and I've, I've not had a chance to interview Eric for the podcast because, you know, obviously he's coaching with Huggins, but I always find it so ironic that Eric Martin is the one that's coaching with hugs. When Eric played for hugs, Eric was always the one that caught a lot of the heat from Hugs. Right, he did. Didn't he? He did. Um, funny story is, me and Eric got kicked out of practice the same day. <laughs> um, I went first. A few minutes later, I, he was coming right behind me, uh, telling me, cuss. What you do, cuss? Why you argue with Hugs? <laughs> I said, why, why you argue with Hugs? <laughs> yep. You weren't here with me. So, it's, yeah, Eric. It's interesting because Eric's the one who took his shirt off. Oh, during the game? During the game. And went to the locker room. Went to the locker room, but, you know, that's hugs, man. He lets, he lets you be emotional. Doesn't take anything personal. It's all in the heat of the moment. We all do things, say things we don't mean to at, at that time. So let me, let me ask you this. In, in your second year, which is 1991 and 1992, and you talked about these new guys that are in. Buford transferred, so he's now eligible. You've got Nick, Corey, T-Nell, E-Mart, you, T-Rat, uh, Herb, Kurt Bostick. Did you know when you guys first started that you had a special group? Like that, when, when the season kind of started, did you go, man, we could be really, really special? I did, I did. And it all came out on... Um we had Midnight Madness. We had Midnight Madness. Dick Vitale was there. Yeah. Right? Remember that. Dick Vitale asked me the question, how good do you think this team could be? I told him, I said, we 10, 12 deep. We can Final Four. A few minutes later, Dick Vitale comes out and says, it's okay to have goals, but let's keep them realistic. <laughs> and... Ever since then, we don't like Dick Vitale. Yep. He hate Dick Vitale. <laughs> took, we took it personal. For sure. You know, but, and 
Very prophetic from you, Very though. Very prophetic. Um, they call me Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, let me ask you. When, 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 you guys, when you guys first got going after that Midnight Madness, what, what was it about the group that made you go, this is a special group. We can make a run to the Final Four. Because you weren't saying that just to say it. No, you really believed no, that. No, no, no. You should have been at some of our, our first practices. Um, how competitive it was. I mean, we knocking over tables. Everybody's going at everybody. Um, Rock's killing. Corey with elbows. Eric and Herb's going at it. Me and Nick's going at it. Terrence and Buford's going at it. So just from practice standpoint, you can see that we were going to be good. We were going to be interchangeable. We were going to be deep. So... That's, that's why I felt that way. And so, I, I, I mean, I was fortunate enough, after my time, I was able to go back to a, I've been back to practices for years. I didn't get to go to your guys' practices. That's one thing I wish I would have had an opportunity to see, was you guys practice. Like, because I know, like, how competitive T-Rat is, how Corey is, Curtis Bostick with his, you know. Right karate kicking people I, I would have loved to have been at those practices man you talk yeah. about how competitive they You're were talking about elbows being thrown i mean if you got hurt in practice we didn't care you know we had a couple of choice words we used to say yep um but it was it, it just made us tough and made us made us a better team and made us cohesive brought us everybody together because you know after practice everybody still got together and went everywhere I mean the saying was you didn't never see one of us you always saw at least two or three of us together so we still stay cool everybody's still tight to this day yeah, and, and, and that's another thing with with your group I think more so than than any other group in Bearcat basketball history your guys group has stayed close together right you agree with that like all that. you guys I mean, I got a, we got a test group right now. We're talking about my interview right now. Yeah. I mean, it's all of us. Terrence, Nick, Corey, we're all talking about this right now. For sure. <laughs> and that, but that's, that's back to why you guys were such a that's, special that's, group. That's really why we were good. I mean, everybody pulled for each other. Yeah. You know, there was no jealousy, no he's getting his, let me get mine. It was, it was all one common goal. And we came under that one come and go to, to win, play together. So, um, so when Nick when Nick gets there, Van Exel, he moves to point guard, and did you you moved over to shooting guard? No, I was still point guard. So, um, I forget what game it was. Hugs, Hugs decided to make the change, which, I mean. I was hurt at the time because I was still felt I was playing good, but um, the way the team was oriented, when he made the switch initially, the, the playing time was still the same pretty much. But at the time as the season went on, Nick just started playing so good that my minutes went down. Um, and like in the tournament, he shortened the bench, which at the time in my youth, I was mad about, but as I got older and I coached myself, I completely understand it's, it's just part of basketball. It's what you got to do to win. So, but no, it was like I said, um, we still all good. Nothing's personal. I still played. I still had another year, so it wasn't like that hurt my career after basketball. Sure, you know that was my junior year, our junior year. So it was still all good. So did, did Hugs have conversations with you? Because obviously you were frustrated, and he probably knew well, you were frustrated. We had one conversation, but it started from when I got kicked out of practice. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it started there. So um, we had a conversation, and I told him I, was still, I still wanted to be the starter, and I still was going to work to be the starter. And um, it, just, it just made us better, and I think – it made Nick better. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it worked out good. I mean, the fact that he took the time out to talk to me about it made me 
feel better and made me respect him more about it. Because I've yeah. seen coaches go about it a whole nother way. You know what I mean? So, so let's talk about that magical run uh, to the Final Four and what that was like from, you know, the, the, the first round game all the way, you know, to the Michigan game. Any great stories from you? I know you do, but give us a great story from that Final Four run. Um, so I can't, I can't, I don't, I can't. Um, most of the stories I have, I mean, we had great times on the court, but our best times really were off the court. And a lot of those stories is. Cause, so where were you guys that first, <laughs> the first round? What city were you in? Because you ended up in Minneapolis, correct? Yeah, we were in Dayton. You were in Dayton for the first round, the first round. and you played? Um, Delaware. We wanted, we thought we would play Kansas. De Delaware? Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. Um, it was actually the remake, uh, the rematch against Michigan State because we had lost to them earlier in the season at Michigan State. And our whole idea is we're not going to lose to a team twice. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So you played Michigan State earlier in the year right. and lost to them. Right. We actually jumped out to a big lead on them, and they came back, which made it worse. Um, the story about that is it was right before the Christmas holiday, and the fact that we had a lead, lost a lead, at the end of the game, Hugs told us to go home, and I hope, and hope you have a terrible holiday. <laughs> sounds like, hey, sounds like hugs. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but losing to Michigan State actually probably was helpful in yeah, some ways. It, it was. Um, it was, we had been on a little winning streak, and probably were getting a little big head, big headed, you know, getting ahead of ourselves. I think that game humbled us um, and brought us together, too, because we actually jailed to come against Hugs because he made everybody so mad that yeah. we wanted to prove him wrong. So. It made you guys a little closer. Yeah, it made us a little closer. Exactly. Was that the Michigan State team with uh, Steve? Was Steve? No, Steve was there the year before that. The year before? Yeah. Who was their star guy? Do you remember? I can't, uh, I can't remember Mont that. Montgomery. Okay. And they had the big guy. They had two big men that were pretty good. Okay. So, as you were saying, my, my original question was any stories from the Final Four run, but you're saying that a lot of it's off the court. A lot of it's off the court. I mean, we had good games, good runs. Um, one of the toughest, one of the games that we really liked that propelled us was that Michigan State game because it's a rematch. Um, the thing, too, um, during the year, Hug said the most important thing is to get on winning streaks. Yeah. Because it's so important. Because it takes six games to get to the final four. Right. Final, so. Which is a winning streak. Which is a winning streak. So yeah. you need to practice winning streaks during the season. Mm -hmm. So after that Michigan State game was when we made conscious efforts to win multiple games in, in a row. So that's another thing that that game helped us with. So so when you guys are on that 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 run in the tournament, did it for you? Speaking for you, mm -hmm. did it hit you at any point, whether it was prior to the Michigan game, uh, Delaware, whatever, did it hit you like, we could win the whole thing? Because it's, it's one thing to say yeah. you're going to make it to the Final Four. It's another thing to think about it. But when you're actually close to it, it's right. like, this, this really could happen. Right. What, what's crazy is when you're in it, so when we won our – first two games we were in the sweet 16 i thought that was weird hmm. we won our next two we were in the elite eight i'm like jesus we're, so, we're down to eight teams yeah. we only played four games so it's really weird when you win it to see winning two games how, how, how quick it breaks down um and then really when we went to the one that our last game against memphis to go to the final four that even felt weird because it felt like we should we should be playing maybe five more games to get yeah. to the Final Four. That's, that's one thing that's weird or you don't really notice unless you're in it, that a few games it really is that you have to win to get to the Final Four. Even though they're hard games, it's not as many as you think 
with as many teams that's in the tournament. Right. That's 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 the really thing you don't notice. Do you, do you ever think what if about having a championship ring, about winning a championship? Do you think you about as far that? as the Final Four? Because we got conference championships. Well, about, I mean, I'm talking about a national, national championship, championship in NCAA I tournament. I do. I do. I wish I didn't get hurt my senior year. Yeah. Um, you give us at least an opportunity. I mean, not saying that I was the difference that would have got us to the Final Four, but the fact that I was a part of our chemistry that made us no, work so well. No question. Um, I mean, because, you know, when I was out, Terrence stepped in, had a 30, 25-point game in one of the tournament games. So it wasn't like I was the I would be the reason we didn't win, but I just felt like with me in there, our chemistry and the way we rotated, the way Hugs rotation was, it kind of changed everything. And I think if it was the same, we had the same opportunity to get back to the final four. Yeah. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about your, your, your senior year. Um, let's see. Herb, Herb's gone, right? Right. Uh, Our leading scorer. Buford's. Actually, our two leading scorers, Buford's Herb gone. and Buford, is gone. They're gone. Um, but you return a lot. What were your expectations going into that season? We're expecting to get back to the Final Four. Um, we, we weren't as deep. Um, but we still had six seniors that knew what it took to get there. Uh, so, yeah, our expectations are still high to get back there, even our, my senior year. Uh, so you guys finished 27, uh, 27 and five that season. Um, during the season, you guys lost to Indiana, at Indiana. Mm -hmm. Remember that game really well? I do. Uh, Terry Nelson got so scared he almost had a heart attack. Who's that? Terry Nelson. Oh, <laughs> I talk about that. Almost had a heart attack right before the game. Um, well, what he said was he had some pal palpations. <laughs> Is that what you're going to call it? It's what he called it. Some okay. palpations. Oh, that's what he called it. That's what he called okay. it. Okay. Was that before we left the hotel? Yeah, yeah right, right before we. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, he said palpations, but it's actually I got a guard, Calvert Chaney, <laughs> heart disease. So, yeah, Terry, right before the game, you know, he had to go to the hospital, which started us off wrong. And um, actually for that game, man, we were so hyped. We actually cut all our hairs bald when we had hair. That, that was the game? That's the picture when you, then it's in the newspaper. I remember that. That was the game? It was for that game. Okay. I do, because it was in the Enquirer. It's in the Enquirer. Oh, yep, I remember that. center court. Yep. All of us but Eric Martin. Who, wait, okay, first of all, whose idea was it? And then why didn't E. Mart shave his head? It's probably Terrence's idea. <laughs> but um, Eric Martin was pretty boy. Oh. You know, he, he wasn't touching his hair then. Too cute. And now he's bald on purpose. <laughs> I mean, but um, almost all you guys yeah. bald now. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I like Martin. Yeah, you had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. We all had the good um, run with the hair. What now, was the question? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to. Okay, let me let me say this. You guys lose to Indiana, right? But you can say that it really helped you guys because you then go on a 14-game winning streak. Yeah, I think after so. Be during the Indiana game was when Corey, Corey Blunt was ineligible. He was, had been ruled ineligible at the beginning of the year. So we are actually down, uh, down our big guy. And um, I think he came back the game after that. I think he came the game after that, the DePaul game. Okay. And um, when we got our, our anchor in the back, I mean, it let us, our scars was able to get loose on the perimeter. And that's how we got on that run. And um, you guys also, uh, that year, you, you lost to uh, Arizona. At Arizona. There was some home cooking. It wasn't at Arizona, but, it, it, uh, but it was in Arizona. Was that part of that tournament? Or was I it just a... Uh, I don't know what it was. We were just in a game, neutral, supposedly neutral, neutral site, in Arizona. And um, I think Nick was the only person to 
being double figures. I mean, now after that game, Hus was classic. It was classic. What he was saying, boy. Oh, oh, his his uh, post game his speech. post game speech. I can only. You want you want <laughs> you want to drop any nuggets of that? I don't know. You <laughs> told Corey Blunt so soft. How you posting up at the three point line? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I can see Corey's face. Head down. He wasn't saying that. Uh huh. Trying not to laugh, but yeah, hugs really tore into us after that. I think we went on another run after that. Yeah. 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 So. I but mean, that, that, that's you know what I never I never really thought about it the way you framed it earlier and talking about going on winning streaks and how going on those you know regular season winning streaks it's important. Imp impact it's important it it's impacts important. conference tournament yeah, which then impacts NCAA tournament yeah and um, it gets you ready to know that you can't lose a game I mean even in those tough great games you you know you got to grind it out it's, you're gonna have those games when. One aspect of your game's not working, and you got to turn up on another area. And uh, you learn that in those winning streaks. Absolutely. So let, let, let's jump into that that last tourney run you guys had. Uh, you beat Coppin State, right? New Mexico State, right? Virginia, right? And then we've got the UNC game. Lost in North Carolina. So let's talk a little bit about that North Carolina game, and obviously North Carolina, always tough. Yeah, yeah. That's so. I got hurt in the first game against Coppin State, so that was actually my last game. Yeah. Like I said, it was more of a chemistry thing I think that hurt us after I got hurt, because like I said, Terrence had a hell of a game against New Mexico State. Um, and I think even um, Lazelle came in and played decent. At the time, Lazelle Durden was a freshman. He was, yeah, he was young. Freshman or sophomore. So um, we still had a chance, but North Carolina wore us down. I think we were wore down. Like I said, we were short that year as far I, as depth. I, I totally agree with that because well, here, here's my thoughts on that North Carolina mm -hmm. game. We have a good lead. I think Nick played really well that first right. half. First half, right. But then you could start seeing North Carolina wear us down. Yeah. And if we would have had a guy like you right. in that lineup, I think it would have been a different story. Yeah, especially because a lot of times what Hugs would do is once they started concentrating on Nick, I mainly played the point and he, Nick started coming off screens so he can catch the ball and still have a dribble. Still, you know, it's different things that you learn. Yeah from hugs that you don't know before you get here, like how important it is to be able to catch the ball and still have your dribble. And he just puts you in the right situations. Yeah. So, and I, I think this is a good segue to say that I, I think most people don't realize, you know, when they think about those two great Bearcat teams, how important you were Mm -hmm. to the teams right and you know I, I think it's important that you get your flowers yeah I and appreciate that, it and that people understand like there's a high school team in Cincinnati and they have a lot of talent I'm not going to say what high school team it is but they have a lot of talent and their guard who people considered maybe the third or fourth best player on the team okay. he was out for a game and that team got blown out and yeah. everyone's like, how can a team that talented get blown out? And everyone went, the most important player right. didn't play. He was the glue that kind of brought so much together. Exactly. And I think your versatility, your your importance is the same thing. Yeah like, I, yeah, like I said, I don't feel like I'm the reason we didn't go to the Final Four. I just think that with me in there, our chemistry was better. Our rotations was longer. Um, and... You just get used to that. And yeah. when it's not there, it's, it's a whole big adjustment you have to make. Um, I think in the long run, that's what hurts. So tell us, AD, when you look back on your Bearcat career, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on your Bearcat career? And do you have any regrets? Nah, I have no regrets. Um, when I look back on it, I feel like um, I had just as much fun off the court than I did on the court, which is which was rare for me because just the way my personality was, I was all basketball, and if it wasn't basketball, I wasn't doing anything. But the guys I 
came to know, you know, they changed my personality for the better. And like Terrence Gibson, Nick Van Exel, Corey Blunt, Eric Martin, Herb Jones, Terry Nelson, those are the guys that, you know, they're like brothers to me. Yeah. And um, I owe a lot to how I am to them. So it's all good for me. Yeah. So let's talk about this current Bearcat basketball team. Um, you've been, you know, to multiple games, correct? Right, yes. Uh, you're going Practices. to the game tonight with your family. I am. And so I want to get your impression on this year's team. Um, but first, have you had a chance to talk with Wes Miller? I've talked to him several times. Um, <laughs> Wes is a very open guy. I mean, he's been more open to past players as any coach. Um, um, Mick was good to me. Me and Mick had a good relationship. Mick was always welcome to me. Mick would answer all my calls when I called. Um, so I, me and my relationship with him was good. Um, the other coaches after that, they just didn't really seem to be as welcoming to past players. And I don't, I mean, it's maybe something they were told. I, I don't judge them. I mean, I, I never really was upset about it. Um, but I just think Wes has been the most welcoming coach to the past as any, any ones they've had. For sure. Um, other than that, um, I think the team is, is, is good. I think they're going in the right direction with what he's got coming in. Um, I, like, I like how he coaches. I mean, it's a little different than what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially where they rotate at times, but I think I think he's they're all right, and I think they're in good hands with, with Wes. And and I think I think one thing that I've noticed with Wes Miller, and you tell me if you've noticed this, and if not, try to watch tonight. And that is, he kind of really understands and has the new age type of coach that players coach down right. pat. So if you look at coming out of the game, David DeJulius, Jeremiah Davenport, those guys coming out of the game. He's high-fiving them. He's right. giving them positive yeah. reinforcement when maybe they've just come off the court from making several mistakes. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, Hugs would be like, yeah. man, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not even going to walk by Hugs to get a high-five yeah, or right, anything. Right. He's going to go to your spot. But, um, yeah, he seems to be a player's coach. For I sure. mean, he seems to be able to relate to this new age player. That's Which is different. A lot different. A lot different. I mean, it's a lot of... Everybody, everybody gets a trophy. Players that expects things to be given, it's not earned. But I think Wes is going to make these players earn what they get. I think he's doing that when he makes adjustments with the lineups. Um, but like I said, I, I see the recruits. I've been to several practices, and when he speaks. I know that he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, you know, he does. He, he knows he knows his X's and O's in his basketball. He he's one of those guys that he has worked so hard to get to where he is currently, and he obsesses about studying and understanding this right. new age game. Yes, and I, and I, I know for a fact just sitting down talking with him. I mean, he really obsesses about you know being great and right. making sure his players are great. And I I, I think personally we are in great hands with. Coach Wes Miller. Right. So, yeah, I think we're in good hands. My, 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 my whole thing is um, I, hope, I hope it's just not a stepping ground, stepping stone for him. I hope once he gets good players and he sees he can win here yeah, and he, can, he sees the support he, he, he gets, he'll stay. You know, I don't – that's my only wish. Same with football. True. I, I, and, I, and listen, AD, I think going to the Big 12 helps. Helps a lot. Helps a lot, right? You go, you're going to a bigger conference. It helps out with the whole playoff scenario. Right. And also recruiting. Right. Um, I, and I, I think the only thing we would have to worry about right now with West is really if anything opened up in the future with North Carolina because that's, that's home for him. Right. But I could see him wanting to stay here building this with all the resources he has. And I think 
not a lot of people agree with me on this, but I think it really helps basketball right now that football's doing well. Yeah, that's and that's that's weird because it wasn't like from that when I came here. Oh, it was all basketball. I mean, football. They turned out some good individual players. You know, there were always players from our football team Went going pro. to the NFL. Always, yeah, always. But as far as the team being good, that wasn't always the case. And then once they got good, the coach always left. Yeah, true. Which is true. We're hoping don't happen this time. So I don't see why these coaches don't feel they can stay here and build a program and be proud of what they got. There's no need to go anywhere else once you're winning here at Cincinnati. Well, I, I saw someone someone did a, a study, and there's a stat of coaches that are, are at a program, and they may look at that program as a stepping stone right. to go to a bigger program that I forget the percentage, if it was 70, 75% or what it was, that used and went on to a bigger school, they ended up getting fired from that right, bigger school right, right. because something, yeah. scandals, they didn't win enough. The, the expectations are so high. Oh, no I mean, no question. Yeah, so, I mean, build where you at. I mean, what's wrong with starting from the bottom and building it up? And it's not like you're here with bare cupboards. Right. You know what I mean? It's something to work with to right. build from. So. And, and, and the way things are set up, Luke Fickle can stay as the head coach of the Bearcats. Yes, he can. He can stay here. He can stay. He, he doesn't have to, to I, go anywhere. I, I, think, I think his his legacy or any coach's legacy will be better if they stayed at a program they built from the ground up instead of going somewhere where it's already been built. Yep. Or, yep. You know. and, I, and I think the longer we have a Luke Fickle or even a Wes Miller, like – their energy to go somewhere else and build another program or mm. you know like you know if if Luke was to get recruited to go to like let's say they were talking about USC mm-hmm. well he's got to rebuild USC he's got to. but but he's if he's built something great here why go and Ooh. have to start and redo that whole energy level there's no reason to. you know what I mean I mean it's a nice city fans support you weather's not bad I mean, when it snows, it's going the next day. It's just cold. Um, Super cold today. Yeah, so I, I don't see a reason to go anywhere and start all over. Right. So let me let me ask you a couple quick questions real quick. So we're going to go through four quick questions. Number one, were you more nervous in the NCAA tournament or were you more nervous watching your son making his run in the high school tournament? That's easy. I was watching my son. So man, what is it? A heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> man, you because so, you, you have no control. You have no control. When you're over playing, that. you have some control. Yep. When you're not, that's what that's what everybody no says. No control, man. You're just. It's worse. That's why I'm ball hit. <laughs> Four years of that. I'm going to tell you what, though. (laughs) And you you saw me at a lot of those Roger Bacon games. uh, Very supportive. Uh, Your your son and that team were amazing during that time frame of of Roger Bacon basketball. I I always said I want to come back as my son. Oh, yeah. The way he had that run, um, the way Roger Bacon reads, Supported them. That was unreal. It was. Um, at those games in Kettering, Roger Bacon filled up half the arena. Yep. In those games, man. Yep. It was unreal. So, yeah. Way more fans than Summit did. Way in one more. Game. Way more. Yeah. So. Um, so, question number two. How would A.D. Jackson, in his prime, fit in today's college basketball game? Oh man. I think I'd be real small. I mean, the players are long, guards. gigantic. Um, I don't know. I might dominate, man. <laughs> I mean, these kids are soft. Yeah. Soft. One elbow. I have them in my pocket. You, you, you'd be one of the best defenders on the court. One There's the no best. question about that. No, no question. No about question. That. No question. No question. No question. So I'm going to ask you a question that I started this with Yancey Gates, and I think everybody was 
surprised at Yancey Gates' answer. So I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to start doing this as an ongoing question. And it's totally off the beaten path. Would you rather be, all right, you ready for this? I'm ready. Would you rather be Michael Jordan in his prime? LeBron. Wait a minute. No, 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 oh, no. You okay. let me go. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Would you <laughs> rather be Michael Jordan in his prime, winning championship, global superstar, or would you rather be Michael Jackson in his prime, global superstar, MJ or MJ? Let me, so, tell, you, let me tell you Yancey so Gates' answer. What? He said Michael Jackson. Wow, wow. So I'm from South Bend, Indiana, right next to Gary. Right next to Gary, where Michael Jackson was born. As a kid, I had an afro. Okay. My uncle used to call me Little Michael. Okay. Little Michael Jackson. But man, no, it's, it's Michael Jordan all Michael day. Michael Jordan. Man. Okay. All day. So it's it's one to one right now. You took Michael Jordan. Yancey took Michael Jackson. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that going. So that's my MJ versus MJ question. You thought that's I was gonna go. Question. You oh, thought I was man. gonna go LeBron. Yeah. But if you think about it, Michael Jordan at his prime and Michael Jackson at his prime are were global. Like you right. could you couldn't go anywhere in the world right. and people not know who those two individuals yeah. were at that time. Yeah, and that's amazing. That's that's what's surprising me how LeBron gets out. I mean, I think he's just as mm, I think he's just as visible as those guys were. But I seen yeah. at his kids' games. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no question. Like that, you know, but no question. That is a good question. Don't. We're gonna keep that one going. So my last and final question, and <laughs> hey, T Rat, I need you to listen to this question. This is my last and final question. That is, during your time as a Bearcat, A.D. Jackson. If you can pick pick one teammate that if you had to go to battle, and it could be any type of battle, you had to take one teammate with you, you knew if I had that teammate, I was not going to lose any battle. Who would that teammate be? H. Jones. Herb Jones. Herb Jones all day, baby. I love it. That's a, that's a great answer. Great answer. Uh, now, I do want to do this. Uh, T-Rat. Uh, T-Rat, since you're AD's uh, teammate, I would like to know, do you have any questions for AD Jackson? I need you to talk a little bit, T-Rat. I'm still going to interview you, know, you. I didn't forget I, about you. You know, I, I don't have a question, but I would... Any statement you want to have? I would love to know, I would love to know one question, uh, one answer, and it would be... <laughs> what, when and when did you know you were hurt our senior year. Um, because before you answer that, know that you know that we've done this together. We right. went back and rewind that game right. on a hundred times, and none of us can see, right. uh, can really figure out where you got hurt. All right. That's why I think it was a word. It's one of those non-contact injuries. I mean, I don't even know. I just remember running down the court, and all of a sudden, I had a sharp pain in my knee. And I went to the bench. Dr. Colosimo looked me over, did his exam. Said, um, and it, actually we were blowing out, so it really was no reason for me to go back in. But I went back in the game just to see if I could run on it, plan on it, and I couldn't uh, without just the pain was so bad. So I don't know when, when it happened. It just happened that game. Interesting because I know I know that. Yeah, we've all looked at the tape trying to find out when it happened. We don't see it. But certainly, I believe in my heart that we would have made it to the Final Four again um, um, if that wouldn't have happened. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, T Rat, I had lunch with a guy, and I was this was earlier this week, and I was asking him about. Um, he's been in the. Of the business he's in now, he's been in 30 years, and I asked him where he got his start and when he started. He said, I got my start in Dothan, Alabama. How about that? And I said, what? I said, T-Rat is from there. He was like, really? How about that? You know, that was this week. Yeah, that, Small that's, world. That's interesting. That's interesting because AD, uh, 
AD was had emailed me the other day, like, hey, I'm shipping to Dothan. So it was, it was so funny that and even at his job, he was like, hey, I'm shipping something to Dothan. So, hey, Dothan coming up, man. We got, we got, we got, we got, we got 60 people now and a traffic light. Blowing up. Hey, uh, Bearcat fans, can we all have a big round of applause for one of our Bearcat greats, A.D. Jackson, for coming in tonight. Can we also have a round of applause for showing up another one of our Bearcat greats, Terrace Gibson. And again, I want to thank everybody for coming out and listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Bearcats. <laughs>